What is going on, everyone, and welcome to today's podcast. So I am here with my good friend, Rob. We are going to go into um, anxiety and kind of touch on some topics. Obviously, it's a very kind of long-winded topic. We could be here all day, but we do have half an hour <laughs> because <laughs> we were speaking for half an hour beforehand and I've got a meeting after this, so we do need to be quite quick. But thank you so much for coming on, Rob. Um, okay. Do you want to just give a wee introduction to yourself? Yeah, no worries. So I'm Rob. Um, I am a personal trainer and coach. Uh, I help men and women forge mental strength and gain physical mastery. Um, like I say, my business is based in Bognor and such is the world. I'm sort of online and practical as well. Yeah. And in terms of yourself, like what what made you get into the industry? Like how long? And, and yeah, good um, starting off, I would say that I was the insecure skinny kid growing up. Um, it was a big thing for me hating the way that I sort of felt. I was always looking to, to other guys that seemed to uh, develop a lot earlier than what I did. So I got into the industry. I was uh, lifeguarding when I was 15, 16, got into the gym there, probably spent a good couple of years bicep curling. Um, and yeah, sort of plodded, plodded along, um, went to university because that was sort of all I knew in, in terms of sports and coaching. Uh, worked for Brighton Football Club for a bit. Went down that route um, and then slowly got into the gym world of working as a fitness coach and then a personal trainer and then um, built my own business back home, set up a studio. And then, uh, yeah, fast forward, what is it, eight, eight, nine years, here we are. Yeah, yeah. And and I guess through through that time, like, obviously the topic of today, like, well, of like anxiety, is that something that has been like prevalent pretty much throughout that whole time? Yeah, 100%. But I think it's, um, I know when we talk about anxiety, it's like we were saying before we came on, people are just anxious in general, right? And I always see it as a, as a spectrum of, of how, you know, your anxiety can slide from, from zero to 10, depending on the day. Um, for me personally, like I always take that bird's eye appro- um, approach of looking out of your life and figuring out where, where it stemmed from, where the sort of anxiety builds up. Mm-hmm. Um, as my mum would always say, I was always a very anxious, um, anxious kid to the point, you know, I was massively into football, love football. Um, but I would be so anxious about going to football training to the point of sitting on the stairs, not wanting to go, my mum having to drag me there. I would get to football training and absolutely love it. So before I even realised, really, you know, into my 20s, 30s, I'd already had anxiety sort of problems and I was just always very, very anxious. Yeah. Um, another another example would be swimming lessons. <laughs> like, um, I would be, fit, rather than enjoying the actual swimming lesson itself, I'd be very fearful that I would have to move up to the next class um, and there was a swimming instructor to me that looked quite nasty, quite mean. So I wouldn't want to, to move up and I'd be in hysterics because of that. Um, so it's just like I say, the bird's eye approach for me and looking to where it stemmed from. Yeah, and I think I think um, just uh, as I say, like as we were like speaking just before we actually came on, like there is, as you say, like that kind of whole um, spectrum of anxiety, but a lot of people get confused, I think, of, of what it is. Like a lot of it is irrational thoughts um, and like things that if you were to tell someone like, oh, that's irrational, like that's not really helping anyone. Um, And I think some people get it confused and think that because they're maybe nervous about something that they have anxiety. No, everyone gets nervous. Like, like it's a a kind of completely different thing. Um, And I think a lot of the time it is quite crippling Um, and like, the, it's not quite the exact same thing, anxiety and depression, but a lot of the time they do go hand in hand. Um, yeah. Like because of that crippling nature of it, you end up finding yourself, um, you know, you could fall into that because 
you are so anxious and then that cripples you, you lack motivation, yep. you lack um, action to do it. And then regardless of what someone says to you, like that's irrational or that's like that's not a thought that, you, that should go through your head. You know it's not really a thought that should go through your head, but realistically that's just the way that your mind is thinking. And I think in terms of um, in terms of that, is that something that like is there any kind of lessons you've took from like these like irrational thoughts or things that go into your head? Yeah, I suppose like I was describing the other day, like especially being anxious, it's almost like your head's in in overdrive, right? You've got a thousand thoughts that are going off all the time, and it um, it definitely dictated a lot of my decisions when I was younger, um, and even even to a certain degree now. I think even as coaches, we don't always have it um locked down by any stretch of the imagination it still does it's something that i do still struggle with um but you have to edit this mate because i've lost lost track of you <laughs> <laughs> no, no i think i think i think it's just a, a case that you don't actually um it's not necessarily something i think some sometimes people have this things that when's it going to go away you just probably get better at like actually actually dealing with it like yeah. In, in terms in terms of that it's something that you really just need to understand that it's it's not necessary it's something that's controlled rather than something that's fixed yeah i think that that word that it's like acceptance isn't it is yeah. a, a massive thing it's accepting that you've got you've got it you're just naturally an anxious person and it's until i really dealt with it in, in my 20s towards the latter end of my 20s um that things sort of got better for me because i accepted that that is just you know who i am um and rather than, than shying away from it because that that takes up even more energy um trying to be someone you're not and i was trying to portray that i wasn't this anxious guy i was always confident i was always yeah um, i think that's that's yeah. yeah yeah like that almost element of um like i have to do this so like you you portray a way that you're not necessarily like that th- then if someone was to actually kind of do you mean do you mean on social media or do you mean no, I mean physically, like physically, physically in general, like you know, going through um, through school, through through college, through university, trying to portray this this guy that's extremely confident, that's in a football team, that's um, sociable, um, and I am sociable to some degree, but I'm actually quite an introverted, quite shy, naturally. Um, yeah, guy. and it's tight. It's, it's you know, it can be tiring, and especially if you're naturally, like say, anxious and towards that end. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, it can be tiring. Yeah, a lot of the time I, I find that uh, see a lot of the time that the people that do seem like super outgoing, funny, always make jokes about things like that sort of things like that. Not always, but like a, a lot of the time can be a sign of someone like at the, my next point was coping mechanisms. And a lot of time that is a coping mechanism um, to um, almost like hide their anxiety. Um, because it's almost like they don't they don't want to people to know like you don't want people yeah. to know you're an anxious person and stuff like and having those coping mechanisms by being super outgoing to point like if someone said he's an anxious person they almost wouldn't believe you yeah 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 completely get it yeah i've always been like you know uh, parents you know all, all the family you can always tell that like, i can't hide it <laughs> unfortunately I, you, I no i suppose fortunately i can't hide it i have to sort of say how i feel um that is a coping mechanism i think talking is is a great thing but again like we've just spoken about there having strategies to cope with it is is more important than just talking because talking doesn't necessarily get you anywhere yeah do you think um do you think like in terms of see like being being yourself and not talking about it does that add fuel to the fire of 
the kind of thoughts that come into your head like when you're in your own head if you if you're like does that almost like is like a kind of like more you get more and more anxious as time goes on because you are in your own head and then it's like yeah. and then you start to convince yourself of like a lot of the time it's stories that we tell ourselves as well and then we almost perceive them to be reality as well I feel yeah like you say like I know we're going to touch base but now the sort of the negative self-talk and like you say pretty much if you, if you listen to this and you are an anxious person or you feel that you do struggle with anxiety like all those all the stories you're telling yourself now that are spiraling in your heads it's I can guarantee you now they're all negative there's no there's no positive thought that's going through your head whatever it is that you've got coming up like one of the things uh for me that would would cripple me would be standing up and doing a presentation at university I remember going in to do my first my first one and my, just my thought process I'm going to look stupid I'm going to go bright red I'm going to get my words wrong and if I could tell myself that and look back and actually go, well, what happens if you do really, really well? What happens if it goes well and you smash it and, it, and everything's okay? And then lo and behold, you actually go through it and it's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just the, the negative self-talk. Like you say, it's, it's, we're just, it's, don't get me wrong, there's obviously past experiences that have, that have led up to that point. Um, but I, I feel that we can do a lot better. Um, and again, coping mechanism-wise for me, is whatever is going on in my head is to write that thought down on a bit of paper. I know it sounds, or if you haven't got a bit of paper handy, um, write it down on your phone so you can actually look at it and, and start to figure out what it like. Be, again, it's that awareness. Be aware of why you're feeling the way you are. Why is your anxiety super high today and was low yesterday? Why are you 10 times more anxious? What is, what is it? And for me, usually it's because I just haven't planned my day. Yeah. My anxiety yeah. is high when I've either been drinking um, I haven't been exercising. I haven't got out and got some fresh air. I'm eating terribly, um, and I haven't written anything down. So I feel like I'm, I'm sort of spiraling away. Yeah, a hundred percent. And it can be like a loss of control. Um, and like this, this is where it's not like a like you need to strip it right back, as you say. Like almost go back in time and figure out where it came from. And not always. Like a lot of the time, there obviously is other external factors which is not like we wouldn't be able to discuss them in half an hour like there's obviously other people that have um these other things that go on but a lot of it is maybe kind of thoughts that come into your head but why do those thoughts come into your head and it's usually a loss of control it's a it's a an inability to like foresee the future and when when you think you can foresee the future it's always negative whereas if you've got um, if you've got a more structured plan in place and you can see like even just a few hours in front of you because you've planned it out um, and you almost have these kind of scenarios in your head of what can happen, at least then you have the plan in place and then that will um, just to, to some extent reduce the anxiety. It's not going to, as I say, it's not something that can fix, but something that could be a bit more um, definitely controlled 100%. Yeah, 100%. So in terms of like... The, the future for for you mate like in terms of like um the the whole because this is definitely something that you wanted to like lean into a wee bit your, yourself um with like your your business and and things like that is is that something that's that's coming that's coming up for you that that's going to be like a, a kind of core factor to what you're doing yeah, hundred percent. I think the the program itself. So I've got a program called the uh, the Built for Anything program, um, and one of the main things this sort of this year that I'm developing is that sort of anxious anxiety, um, how to deal with it. Like I say, to to appreciate that you can never eradicate it. It is unfortunately it is it's part of, of me. The same way it might be part of someone who's who's listening to it. So um, 
I think again, it's the social media world portraying that you're someone that you're not and that you've that you're confident you've got everything all all locked down. But um, going with the route that I'm going with, yeah, to, to, to just be open and transparent, like it's you, you, I'm attracting those people that have those struggles. Um, and I feel that I'm able to help because of where I've been. Like, like we were sort of talking about it dictating so many decisions. It has done, but I'm able to get to a place of where I've built a business that I'm happy with and proud of um, and getting people in great shape physically, but more important, like for me, seeing people develop mentally and not allowing anxiety to sort of cripple them and dictate their decisions is just as much of a win. Yeah, you know, I think it's, it's it's all correlated, and that's why I kind of focus so much on the kind of mental side myself. Because like um, the, the physical aspect, like usually not not always, but usually only comes if you've kind of got a, a kind of more solid handle on like your headspace and your direction and your ability to kind of show up daily. Whereas anxiety, I feel, um, really inhibits that. It really inhibits the fact that you can show up because we talk about consistency. Try being consistent when you're constantly anxious. Like, if you're constantly kind of feeling as if I don't know if I can do this, that is a that drains so much energy. More energy than probably a workout would drain. Yeah. <laughs> so I think if you're trying to fight that every day and you, you don't control it and you don't stop it, it's it's going to really be so 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 hard for you to like make the progress that you want to make physically because mentally you just don't have the energy to do it. Especially so, with, um, to step on you there, mate, with, uh, uh, with, with people that are around you, right? And if you haven't got, if you've got friends and family that aren't naturally um, anxious or whatever, and like you say, you're then having to waste energy to try and be someone you're not, it can be, it can be absolutely draining, absolutely draining. I remember I had um, social circles that I don't hang around with anymore because they just don't do me any good, to be honest. Um, because I would feel, you know, coming from a social event or whatever it might be with them. And we're talking just, let's say, social event, just a gathering or whatever going around a house or or whatever it might be, I'd get home. The next day I'd be knackered. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. And I don't, like you said, I think, again, the more the more we talk about it, the better it is because you could go through the street and not realise that people are struggling, that there are people with anxiety because people can hide it extremely well. Like if, if me and Sly didn't really know each other, I wouldn't have a clue that, you know, you can, that you get anxious or whatever. Um so yeah. talking about it is a good thing. Yeah, I think and and guys in particular um are are very poor communicators. I think just because of the nature of my job, I'm I'm an extremely good communicator <laughs> to, yeah. to, to the point that Kirsten actually gets a wee bit like, why are you so direct? <laughs> <laughs> um but but it really it does like communication is absolutely key to, to everything. If you can nip stuff in the, the bud dead 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 early, and the, the thing that I actually this is something that I realized recently, and I hope I hope no family members listen to my podcast, but so, it's all good. <laughs> I don't really care. Um, <laughs> <There he is. laughs> but, um, but, you know, like something I realized, um, how I struggle myself to really kind of understand, and this almost fills me with an element of anxiety when I get into certain social t- situations, especially with my family, like extended family, that is, um, is that there's always been this element of um, them thinking something but saying something else. Yeah. So then for me, that's built up that I can't ever trust really what anyone kind of says. Um, so I've had to kind of like every time I go into a situation like that, I always think like for my whole life, like what what are they actually thinking? And then that's where the stories start to come into play. Yeah. And then that's when you start to convince yourself of things that aren't necessarily true, but it's because 
you've started kind of believing something because someone has like maybe their their kind of demeanor is is not kind of matching up what they're saying or whatever it may be like it's there's, there's so many kind of aspects and I've all I've kind of found that out kind of recently the fact that when I've done a bit of kind of self-reflection on the fact that that's literally built up a lot of like who I am because I've had to kind of deal with that constant thing in my family of like because even just likes of like full transparency things like um people in my family saying one thing but then I'm speaking to another member of the family and they're saying about a different thing about them and I'm like just just be honest with people <laughs> I, it kills me and, yeah. and that I think is molded like my relationship I'm obviously building myself out of that because I'm just so brutally honest with people now I, I don't see the point in, in sugarcoating things don't get me wrong I'll never just be an absolute dick to somebody but <laughs> at the same time like I think having that full transparency and honesty will like take away or sorry not take away it will not it won't take away so much energy the same way it will having to kind of like sugarcoat something or say something a certain way that you don't actually authentically mean and then you've got you've got this thing in the back of your head thinking I should have said that I should have done this or I should have done that um, and it, like it is, it's just so so important. Um, it's very um, it's very rare, isn't it, to see when if we look. I don't know if it's just a UK thing, but people that do talk directly. Yeah. Uh, and in terms of linking it to anxiety, like I said, if, if I don't know if you, everyone, anyone listening can relate to it, but if you're having a conversation with someone, but you've just got thoughts r- rushing off in your head, like you say, with what to say that's in the back of your head, but yeah. you're not saying it. Yeah. And it's really interesting to get curious as to what, why are you not saying, what are you afraid, like what are you afraid of. And then, yeah. the, like you say, there's that constant spiral. I haven't said this. I should have said that. I'm now not even thinking about what we're even talking about. I'm now trying to, and then all of a sudden, you've just drained drained your energy from it. And I think we've got to get better at just being more. Which you, which you certainly have. Like I, I crack up talking to you because you are so so direct, and it's quite rare to find find that. I think to be able to just cut straight through the bullshit and just talk direct. Yeah, because I think what's the point in trying to like, like figure out? Like, I, I'm not good at puzzles. Like, why am I, why am I trying to figure out? Like, people speaking, speaking in riddles. Just say genuinely, genuinely what you feel. I mean, don't get me wrong. There's probably times that I have maybe said something in a way that I've been like, oh, I shouldn't have said it that way because that was just maybe too harsh. But these yeah. are all just lessons that you learn. I would rather just be honest, and then it means that I, this is probably a selfish thing. Um, mm-hmm. But I have definitely in recent times became more selfish so that I'm a better, in a weird way, a better person. And because then if I'm selfish with like the ability to kind of not build something up my my own self and say how I feel, then that's not taking up extra energy myself. So then I can be more clear on what I want. And then I can, and then I can take in what people are saying because I'm not so anxious. I don't know about you, but like, see whenever you feel out of control when you feel as if you've got so many things going on in your head. Imagine someone trying to say something to you. You don't take it in either. No, no, exactly. I think, um, so one of the things that my family take, take the mickey out of me a little bit is um, on a, whether we've been social on a Sunday, I have a clock off period. So we're, we're meeting at the fact, like my mum's house or whatever it might be. Like I, I have to be done by about 6 PM. I know that's probably sounds really bizarre to people, but we've done it before of where we've stayed and, you know, all the family around and we're staying until like 10 o'clock on a Sunday my anxiety is so high because I haven't got what I've needed to get planned starting Monday. And then like you say, it's that feeling of, of spiraling out of control because I've got so, so much to do. 
And yeah, it may sound sad, but actually sacrificing, you know, that's not saying I don't see my family, but sacrificing that period of time, because I know selfishly that works best for me to set myself up for the week is something that I have to do. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. And that, I, I definitely, so uh, like I can resonate with that so much. Like sometimes we'll go to my mom's and I've not seen my mom for, for whatever um, time. And then I'm like, it's almost like it almost comes on like you can feel it it's like hunger and you think it comes on instantly but it doesn't it builds up and then all of a sudden you almost get to a point where you're like i need to leave yeah like that that and like that this has happened even just a few weeks ago Mm. um and mom and dad know know what happens well they know it's potentially from like like genuinely like anxiety and feeling that way or just the feel as if i'm i'm really terrible at planning stuff (laughs) (laughs) I think the issue is like you need to plan your weeks, right? So whenever you plan your weeks, when you get to so today's Thursday, right? So whenever you get to Friday, whenever I get to Friday, I try and finish for three, and then basically if um, if I can, um, I'll finish I'll finish at five. Carsten lets me, yeah. um, but then but then you're in you're you're able to then go into the weekend, but I can't then effectively go into the weekend because I know what's coming up next week. So realistically, I would be better working till seven, um, yeah. and planning it the next week otherwise I'm, i am always working on sunday and i'm yeah. not and i'm not present either so like it's just like because not having a plan for the week does just absolutely um ruin ruin everything um i was i was feeling just not knowing what's kind of ahead but we've we kind of touched on that so last three things mate um three, three kind of questions that, that i ask most people right so uh, advice for your past self and future self yeah. Um, yeah. My past self would be to um, have fun, right? To have fun more because of how, and people hear this be like, what? But it's like, we've got to enjoy the things that we do. Like going back, I look at football as, as much as I was sort of good, okay, I would say okay at football. What I didn't realize what it did for me back then is that's 90 minutes of me not thinking about anything. Mm-hmm. Right. And when you're having fun and you, you know, thinking in your head now what it is that you do for fun, when you're having fun, that's your, as an as a anxiety person, someone who is anxious, that's your time where nothing, nothing's going on in your head. Um, and for me, it would be to, yeah, the, the key thing there would be to have more fun in your life because as we go through, as we get older, I get we've got stresses and stuff. And this is why anxiety becomes more prevalent as we get older. But it would be to find that time to have fun. I would 100% tell myself that. Yeah, and and with with that, is that um is that something that like you feel as if you got better better at now, like for your future self, or you feel as if you can still yeah, work yeah, on it? No, no, definitely, it's definitely still working on it. It's it's things. So you know, for me personally, like last week, my anxiety was uh, was really really high, and a friend of mine said, "Did you want to come climbing?" Um, and at, I should have gone because I know, and this is where you know transparency. We don't always get it right as coaches. I should have gone because I know the benefits for me going and doing something like that. I completely switch off. Yeah. Um, but for whatever reason, I didn't do it. And it just adds to that again. Like you feel like you've let yourself down. You've let someone down. Because yeah, it's like guilt. Yeah. It's and, guilt. Then, and then that's like the, the, that's like the almost, it goes full circle again. So then you feel more anxious and then it, so it, yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely, I guess something that awareness and awareness is the first step. And then when you, when you have awareness of kind of, where it, you can plan in things better, as as we say, like if you take anything away from the, the podcast, it isn't that like and like full full disclaimer here, right? I'm I'm not a, a therapist by any means. I'm just someone who is going on my own experiences, experience with clients, 
experiences with your with yourself. We're not giving you the the answers to anything, but at the end of the day, this is stuff that's definitely helped me, um, and stuff that I'm sure has helped you. Like having that some form of plan so that you um, can kind of um, dilute the the way that you feel. Um, and then that can almost lead to better action because if you kind of feel as if like you are genuinely feel almost crippled by not wanting to do anything, you won't take on any action that will feed to the guilt and it will just be this sp- like spiral out of control sort of thing. And, yeah. and then that will lead to more negative and then potentially depression and so on and so forth. Yeah. Um, so on a lighter note, um, where do people find you? Yes, mate. So on uh, Facebook and Instagram, it is Jungle Fit with a three next to it because Jungle Fit was already taken. Um, so it says Rob Dunlop underscore Jungle Fit. And that is me on Instagram and Facebook. Rob loves in the jungle. <laughs> I love so it's Jungle Fit. Bongo or jungle. Jungle, jungle, <laughs> jungle started because I, I just love, I love nature. I love the jungle. Always have done from when I was a, a young kid. Um, so it, it just something that just came particularly well and when we did a bit of a rebrand when I first started all my clients just sort of said yeah I, I, I understand that so you, you'll see pictures of the studio I've got this gigantic sort of half ape half tiger you fair I quite like that the half ape half tiger and have yeah. the two teams uh, yeah yeah I thought yeah. I thought it was quite cool I was going to steal it but I didn't <laughs> <laughs> you're all good mate you stick with Titan thank you <laughs> um that's great um light-hearted one to finish um Sometimes I ask people what would they rather, carbs, protein, or fat for the rest of their life, but I prefer just the foods. People yeah. actually take, take these. So uh, top three foods for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. So one for food, one for breakfast, one for lunch, one for dinner. And basically, if you were to only have these for the rest of your life, like what would you choose? I think people take this extremely seriously as well, and you can be really judged on, on what you have. Oh, so. I think, I, I don't know, you, you ever watched Top Gear? Yeah. And then uh, they, it's meant to be like a bit of fun, like with the celebrity coming in and, and going around the track, but they always like lean in, like they take it super seriously. It's like that, like this whole podcast could have been like super serious. And then <laughs> at the end, like with the three foods, that's like the most serious, serious yeah, part. The most serious that we've been. But um, I would be, so breakfast wise, I, I'm traditional, I, I just love a fry up, to be honest. I know that it's not as, uh, I don't know, as creative as anything, but I do love good, an old fashioned fry up. Um, Lunch-wise, it's a difficult one. It really is. Um, I'm not a massive lunch lunch man myself because I just tend to be on the go 24-7. So if, if I had to pick, I would have I'm a massive panini man. So I'd, I'd have a, I know this probably sounds really random, but maybe like a, like a tuna melt. A tuna melt. <laughs> That's so random, right? When you put on the spot. Um, and then dinner-wise, it would be ribs every single day because I'm just a massive rib rib fan. Really? Yeah, yeah. It, it, it would be a toss-up between that and steak, but I just love. I love ribs. Me and the missus love ribs, but we wouldn't do that on our first date because of just getting it in the teeth. I, I think that's <laughs> funny. Like, I actually do really like ribs myself, but it's just an absolute fact. Yeah. Oh, yeah, so, I can imagine you just going, oh, no, I'm all right. I'll just go. Yeah, it's just too much hassle. <laughs> it's too much going on. <laughs> yeah, if you, if you could cut it up for me and then like feed me it, that would be fine. But... Yeah. Joe, we're going to finish this podcast. I'm going to sit down and something's going to pop up better than a, like a tuna melt. <laughs> like, edit the podcast. Put this in at the end. 
but to be honest, I think for me it probably was something similar, like uh, like for for lunch, like something like that or a wrap or something like that with yeah. with, a, with a bowl of soup. I think uh, I would probably like I have I have that sort of stuff all the time anyway. So I'm like, why would I change it? I've been in the same for five years. <laughs> yeah, you're not going to change now. No, definitely not. Right. Uh, well, thank you so much for coming on, mate. Uh, pretty, absolute pleasure. Pretty good time in there. Uh, anything you want to finish on or? Um, I think, like you say, again, just probably just going back over it, it's, it's look at things that if, um, during your day that are going to help. So for me personally, it's making sure that I'm exercising. It doesn't have to be weight training. It could be just getting out, getting the fresh air in, um, not holding yourself to a too high standard. If you are feeling anxious, like I say, just do your bare basics. And that's for me, planning my day, ticking off things as I go, because I quite enjoy that, making sure that I'm exercising, hydrated as best as I can, because I know if I'm just having coffee 24-7, then it's not going to be doing me any good. Yeah, that adds to yeah, yeah, and it almost fabricates it, doesn't it? Yeah, it just makes it well. And I know it's the stuff that we do want to go to, and you're not always going to get it week to week right, but just make sure that you're, you're doing the best you can. Yeah, 100%. Right, well, thank you so much for coming on, mate, and we will see you in the next one. Bye-bye.